Hey, business building warrior. Welcome to Silent Sales Machine Radio. I've got a guest who I'll be bringing on in a couple minutes that you're thoroughly going to enjoy. This is Eric Wynn. He's Vietnamese. He has built an amazing company. He just recently had a $6,000 sales day and he has 35 virtual assistants that he's hired from his home country, Vietnam, where the US dollar goes very far. So he's able to hire people, just like you hear us talking about sometimes when we talk about the Philippines, where the average hourly wage is about $1 per hour US. Very similar in Vietnam. And he's got a talent pool of people that have helped him build his business. He's basically using the replens system, looking for great inventory online or in retail stores. In this case, he's almost exclusively online sourcing for his inventory using the system we teach in the Proven Amazon course, which is serving the underserved shelf space at amazon.com with inventory and doing so in a very profitable way. So he's built a beautiful business and just get this, eight months. He's been doing this eight months. He loves our community. He talks about the conference he just attended with us. Of course, we were in Columbus, Ohio here just a few weeks ago as I'm recording this. And he said the event blew him away. You can hear him describe it for himself here in just a couple minutes. We're also eagerly and excitedly planning the event for 2024. I know that sounds crazy, but already over 200 people have locked in and said they're going to the 2024 event. They've already paid for the tickets, booking their hotel rooms. It's happening. You can get over to theprovenconference.com and get details. That's May 23rd through 25th of 2024. Theprovenconference.com has details there. Tickets will be on sale soon. You want to get them fast. VIP has sold out. VIP tickets sell out every year. They have, this is going to be our 12th year doing this event. VIP tickets will sell out again this year. We've already sold a good number of them actually. So you want to get on the early notification list for when those sales happen. We sold to the people, the tickets that have already sold were only for the people who attended in our event a few weeks ago. It was like an early, early bird thing. Well, we'll have more information very soon on the upcoming event as well, which you're going to hear Eric talking quite a bit about. He was blown away by something we spent a lot of time talking about today, which is the abundance mentality of this community. And if you haven't been exposed to that yet, what that simply means is that we see success as something that anybody who wants to participate can have as much of as they'd like. A scarcity mindset would say, well, only some people get to have success and then there's none left for the rest of us. It's kind of like the the Eeyore, remember the old Winnie the Pooh? Like it's the Eeyore vantage point of business opportunity and success. Whereas those of us who know how the world actually works see success as something that's available in extreme abundance, which allows us to openly share ideas, concepts, strategies, resources, and partner up in creative, fun ways with people who some might see as competitors, but we don't see each other as competitors, which is why over 600 of us gathered in live in person recently, and why over 73,000 of us hang out every day from around the world in our free Facebook group, which you can absolutely join anytime you'd like at silentgym.com. There's a link to that. Eric's in there. You'll see posts by him. That's what prompted me to reach out to him was this exciting post where his business was exploding and he's still learning. He doesn't know it all by any means yet, but he's grasped the basics the replens system, as taught again in the Proven Amazon course, he's built a beautiful system very rapidly, and we're super excited to see him emerging as one of these incredible leadership success stories from our community. No reason you can't follow suit. Uh, looking over my notes to see if there's anything else I should mention before we jump in, uh, you're going to hear some resources mentioned today on today's episode. We'll stick links to all those in the show notes, some of the tools that Eric's using, that sort of thing. You've heard them all mentioned before. There's no new magical secret sauce in this episode. We've interviewed hundreds of successful proven Amazon course students. And the reason we love doing these interviews is, again, there's always a little something new to learn, a little something that reminds you or a strategy you want to try. You know, Eric's starting to get into some branded bundles. We've got some tremendous content about building bundles in our, in our proven Amazon course and in our community. Uh, that's one of the new strategies he's trying, but it's not so much about finding that one perfect strategy as it is just realizing one day and deciding and discovering, internalizing, hey, this is legitimate. 
I can do this. Look at these other people that are doing it. Look at all these people that are doing it. Look how expansive this opportunity is. Look how the opportunity keeps getting bigger. I think I'm going to get serious about it and do this. That's why we do these interviews to inspire and encourage and then also equip you. It's going to give you a great shove in the right direction and then welcome you warmly into this community of people. We're using the internet creatively every day to launch and build the businesses of their dreams. That's what we do here. And we love bringing you great examples of people who are doing just that from our community. Here's the latest episode. Enjoy this conversation with Mr. Eric Wynn. Eric, welcome to Silent Sales Machine Radio. Good to see you, buddy. Thank you for inviting me. I'm so excited to get on here and share my story and hopefully motivate all the entrepreneurs to start a journey and keep going, you know? So it's, it's kind of feel kind of lonely sometimes. You just yeah. the computer all day long and right? no one really like know what you're doing. You don't know what other people are doing and like, Am I the only one that's crazy in there and go out and hustling on Amazon, you know? Right. So like, it's great to see your community and it's amazing. Well, thank you for being a part of it. I love your energy already. I am super excited to get into your story, buddy. Let's go. Floor is yours. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, so uh, basically I discovered the uh, Amazon opportunity from one of the good friends of mine. Uh, his name is Lou Nguyen. I don't know if you uh, know him here in Houston. And um, we um, we have a community of Vietnamese Amazon seller on uh, Amazon, and uh, we just share knowledge for free, you know. And I'm like, one day I'm like, hey, this guy is a millionaire in California, Vietnamese, uh, teaching us on how to sell on Amazon, and you don't take any risk of inventory by just go to discount store, getting stuff, selling on Amazon, you know, like. And then I tell to all my friends, I'm like. Hey, this for free, you know, like teach, uh, they teach for free and just go learn. They're like, is it like a scam? It's just too good to be true, you know? And I'm like, hey, man, like, if it's a scam, then be it. I don't lose anything, you know? And the upside is like, oh my God, that guy millionaire. So, you know, I may be millionaire too, hopefully, you know, so let's do it. So, like, that, that's what I've been looking for an opportunity all my life because, uh, so I, I started uh, back in like um, like uh, two years ago, uh, like five years ago when I'm in corporate America mm-hmm. and uh, I'm just do real estate full time. I quit my job and then I flip houses, you know, and I okay. feel like, man, it's so empty inside that when you flip the house, you sell it, it's gone, you know. And, and now I, I found the opportunity to do Amazon. It's like it, it's like a dream come true to build a legacy for my family. You know, so I'm like, okay, let's do it. Uh, so I learned. And then like, uh, luckily I met Lou and he just showed me everything he know about risk, uh, about e-commerce, about Amazon. And I just try it out and build my team. And luckily I have a lot of good people working for me in Vietnam and I trained them from scratch. Uh, I went from zero to 35 people in eight months. And uh, right now my sales is about 6,000 a day. So um, I'm wow. really grateful for the team that um, helping me every day, you know. And from uh, zero to thirty-five VAs in yeah. eight months, virtual assistants, right? And they, you said they're Vietnamese. That's fantastic. So, what is the? Uh, and we talk about virtual assistants on this show all the time. Typically, it's Philippines, where the average hourly wage on the island is about one dollar US per hour. What do you see in the Philippines? In Vietnam, uh, we. I'm sorry. Have, in Vietnam, I apologize. Yeah, that, that's fine. Um, yeah, so in Vietnam, the the, the same range is five dollars an hour, mm-hmm. and it's it's kind of sad sometimes, you know. Like in America, the salary average is fifteen dollars an hour, and mm-hmm. I have a hard time finding people working at my warehouse. Right. You know? So like in Vietnam, like a lot of people, they don't have jobs. They they have they're struggling with day to day. So when I found this opportunity, and that's exactly what the guy in California did, he outsources the whole operation to Vietnam, and the only thing he do here is warehouse. And I'm like, man, this opportunity is amazing because basically you took advantage of the arbitrage of three things, right? The first thing is the products. The right. second thing is the salary. Right. And the third thing is the knowledge that the Vietnamese people can bring. You know, so I'm like, wow, like I can help my country. I can help my people. I can make the world a better place by just 
you know, helping raise up the income of everyone. And, you know, Amazon going to be a great place for, for my customer, you know? So it's like, wow, it's an amazing opportunity. Fantastic. Yeah. I love the way you said it. You're arbitraging, not just the product, but the, uh, you know, other people's time, the salary, the difference in the salary there, $5 goes a whole lot further in Vietnam than it does in the U S uh, sure. same with the Philippines. Right. And you've really tapped into that at scale 35 virtual assistants is incredible. So I'm sure we'll get into that at some point, but I want to hear more about that. But, you know, tell me more about your journey. You know, you started off selling what? What type of products were you buying and, and selling? And, and how did you continue your education? Like, let's just talk about the, the journey a little more. Yes. So uh, basically, the guy in California uh, teach us a simplified model of what I'm doing now. Um, so I'm just, you know, learning his video for free. I'm just so grateful. Everything now on YouTube is free, you know, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. So I'm learning, but um, so I have to pay a lot of mistakes for it because I didn't know about your course and the proven method. It's amazing. I heard so much story about people who do um, your, your course and then be successful, but I didn't know, you know, until the, the conference, basically, you know, so I have to go through a lot of trial and error and failure, you know, uh, I still have a lot of stuff that at my house that I haven't sold, you know, on right. the Inspire product. And it's just, it's just the whole trial and error for me. But um, through that, I, I think life is a constant cycle of failure and learn from your failure. And then mm. move on to the next level and then failure move on, right? So it, it, it's, it's just like you have failure for a reason. And if you don't fix it, then you're going to keep having the same problem over and over and over again, right? So, so, so that's the thing that I learned. So when I have failure, that's fine with me. I learn from it and I improve my system. And then I build process to fix that failure later on, you know, so I don't repeat the same mistake. So that is my method. But, you know, like just trial and error and then like uh, learning and scaling my team. And then I, I feel like I'm kind of stuck, you know, it's just like, OK, so I have my team of 35 VA. What next? You know, and then um, Lou, she's just like, hey, you want to go to uh, the conference? Proven conference team is the one hosted. Amazing guy. I'm like, I, do I need to go there? You know, <laughs> like, I, I thought I already figured out, you know. And then I'm like, okay, let's let's give it a shot and see what happened. This guy talks so much, you know, just want to shut him out, you know. And then uh, I, I I went there with a team of five people from um, you know the community. And then I'm oh my god, it's the best decision of my life. The conference, the vibe, the knowledge, like everything. Like you you host a conference from like basically A to Z, you know, like warehouse, how to source product, OA, RA, private label. Oh my God, it's like everything in there. And the thing I love the most is the bundle, you know? So mm. I'm like, man, like I know exactly what I'm doing now. And when I come back, man, I started the whole plan, you know, for the next three, five years, the what I'm going to do next. And I make some good connection with people who are going to partner up with me instead of me doing alone, you know? And yeah. uh, it's just amazing. Conference. I'm so glad you were able to be at the conference. That was your first conference with us then, I take it. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, I wish I know you earlier. Like I said, man, this is so much trial and error. You know, so one yeah. thing I think like new people, they need to um, think about is, you know, like you need to trade money for time, you know, because time mm-hmm. is so important. Yes. And you pay what you value the list, right? Like, do you value money less than your time? And not only time, the, the the failure and the money that you you lose when you fail, man, that's a lot, you know? So like, just spend some money for some courses with the one who really know what he's doing, like you're. And I mean, like, just find a mentor, you know, to teach you how to do it. I mean, I'm lucky to have that guy to show me a simplified form of how to build a business. And I think that can save me a year, you know, that's why I scale so quickly. But if I have your course, man, I don't know, like, you know, it's going to be like much work much faster and less painful for me, you know? <laughs> Fantastic. Well, let's talk about, I love your energy and I love, I didn't realize 
how meaningful the event was to you. So thank you for sharing that with me. I do remember seeing you there and it, I agree, it was, it was incredible, but we've got several other podcast episodes where people have talked about their experiences and, and the event. And we're excited, for those who don't know, The Proven Conference is the name of the event. We're excited about next year's already. It's gonna be May 23rd through 25th in Orlando, Florida. Get to theprovenconference.com. Start seeing some details there very soon. But I want to hear more about this uh, 35 virtual assistants that you mentioned. And what are they doing? Are they shopping online? Are you doing online arbitrage, I'm assuming? Yes. So my model is focusing mainly on online arbitrage. Because with that model, you can really scale and utilize the arbitrage from Vietnam, the labor, right? So what they're doing is like, I mean, people have been asking me like, hey, you know, I'm running my operation with three people, one people, why you need 35 people, you know, like what, what are your people doing, you know? But um, the way I'm developing the company is I break down the OA business into 10 different steps, you know? So the first step is sourcing product, right? So the, the, the hardest thing about online arbitrage, I feel, is uh, there's a lot of work involved into that, right? So when you buy the product, you need to make sure it exact match with the one from Amazon, right? Mm-hmm. And when they deliver, you make sure it's the right product when, you know, instead of like wrong product and you send to Amazon, customer going to be pissed. So with my 10 different uh, step methods, uh, it's helped me to reduce the workload and it makes me systemize the process. And that way I can scale, let's say, hopefully 10x from here, you know. So so the 10-step the method is one, I have the VA who source the product, then it's sent over to the one who do the vetting of the product according to my criteria, right? Mm-hmm. And then when they approve it, then it goes to the purchasing department to buy right from vietnam i have a uh, a way for us to buy from vietnam instead of here because the purchasing take a lot of time then after we purchase it then the accountant going to go in there and recheck again if whatever the purchaser buy is correct according to the va who recommended the price uh, the listing the color everything right then the accounting going to put into the book and they're going to analyze on the data right and then after that, the accounting person is going to send it over to the pricing person because when the product shipping to your home, you already know exactly tomorrow how many products that are going to arrive at your house, right? So the pricing team going to say, hey, this product get a price tank, so don't send it in, you know? Or this product have a, a really limited cycle. A lot of people jump on the listing right now. They compare the data from here to the, 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 the time before they recommend, right? Mm-hmm. So they're like, okay, so don't say, uh, so we need to push this product out fast, right? Or they say, oh, this product is good. Let's buy some more, you know? So that is the pricing team, uh, what they're doing. So the pricing team do that. Then like they send the list to my warehouse. They upload in the inventory lab mm-hmm. and my warehouse go ahead and send it to Amazon the next day, you know, when the stuff arrives. And then my warehouse, uh, after they send it, then we have a uh, Helium 10 team uh, who monitor sales, uh, daily sales. So we, we know exactly, hey, this product, like we send it one, uh, two pack, but actually on Amazon, it show like, you know, like 10 product instead of five quantity. So that means we send the wrong pack. We send it as single and not double, you know? So, so those are the, the quality control that we do. And then after that, then we we look into the customer health. Um, One team take care of stranded inventory, uh, Amazon account health. And then we look in that customer uh, voice as well. So that way we kind of like have the whole system of catching the stick when it happened. So that's why we have a lot of people working for me. And sometimes people like, hey, this guy is nuts. So many people. (laughs) Yeah, but you've really broken the systems that are online arbitrage sourcing system, the replin system, as we call it, you know, you can, where you source your product from is irrelevant, but you've got it really dialed in online because uh, you, out of necessity, your team is in another country. You're using a prep center, I assume, right here in the U.S. Uh, I'm using my, my warehouse. Right you have now. your own warehouse. Okay. You referred yes. to your warehouse. So you've, you've invested in a warehouse. How many people help you run and work that warehouse? 
my warehouse um to be honest i'm i'm new as only we only eight months so i we have to build the whole system right first i have to yeah. build the sourcing team then I have to build the accounting team. Then I have to build the warehouse team. And sometimes, like you know, the, the sourcing team gets too big and they cannot handle on the back end. So I have to slow down and I have to improve. And then yeah. after that, I improve. Then I go back and I build it. You know, so it's it's kind of constant struggle. So I think like uh, my warehouse team is not where I want to be. You know, but uh, I feel they okay. We have about three people handling the volume right now. Okay. Uh, every day we buy around like. 5,000 to 10,000 a day. Yeah. Uh, you know, so I think three people is handling it, not All as time. great mm-hmm. as I want, you know, but mm-hmm. uh, it's getting there, hopefully. <laughs> is the warehouse near you? Is that somewhere that you kind of monitor closely? Yeah, it, it's right here, like my garage. <laughs> gotcha. Okay, very good. I love it. Well, you, you, you've built a beautiful model. And I think what you're illustrating right now is, you know, you've got you've got a team of around 40 people 35 of them are in another country where the U.S. dollar goes very far. So you've fully leveraged or arbitraged that opportunity. And you're just looking for profitable online inventory that you know you can confidently flip on Amazon, which is what we train around here. And that's what we do. So beautiful business, man. Congratulations. Eight months and you're already at 35 employees. You said you had a $6,000 a day recently. That's true. Yeah, actually, that helps me to turn to profit after eight months. I'm like, oh my God, thank God. You know, like people always question my uh, my uh, decision of having so many people because that's a lot of overhead. Yeah. And I always believe that what I'm doing is right. But, you know, if money not coming in, then I'm not doing right, you know? And uh, after Prime Day, God just, you know, show his goodness and just, man, it's just abundant favor. It's just like coming, coming every day, 6,000, 5,000. It's just making money. It's great, you know? That's fantastic, man. What, what are your net margins, by the way? Like, it, it, give us your numbers any way you're comfortable sharing. Yeah, we, we're buying, um, when we buy a product, we want to make sure we make around 30 to 35% margin gross. And then we subtract our warehouse inventory, uh, not inventory, warehouse, fixed costs and uh, other salary thing. So with that, layer, uh, it, it bring me around 5% right now. Uh, but first year, you know, so next year, I don't need to pay for the product to to source anymore. So I could use the existing database and that uh, I think going to reduce and optimize my gross margin, uh, my, my net margin and um the warehouse, if, if I can improve, uh gonna be great. Uh, right now I pay about two dollars per product that we prep. And with the um with the support system that we have, uh we when we roll the business 2x, 3x, then we only need to add a couple more people for the support system. And right. uh, the VA, then we have a commission base, you know, so I can scale it two time, three time, four time. Hopefully. Beautiful. Uh, so, so the hard thing is breaking even and we, we, we turn profit already. So that's great. That, yeah. What a beautiful business model. Yeah. You went in really hard, really deep, really fast. You've obviously used, you've had a pool of funds that were available to you for you to enable you to go into this deep and this hard, but it just shows what's possible with this model. And to my knowledge, there's no one else in our community that's using dozens of virtual assistants the way you are. I know of plenty of people who are using five or 10 VAs, but 35, and completely automated. And you know what you're tapping into, Eric, is the law of specialization. Have you heard of that before? Yeah, I, I don't know what you're referring to, but uh, I think I know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, well, it, it's actually one of the most established, you know, it's thousands of year old principle. It's a biblical concept, actually. The law of specialization, uh, it, there's several Bible stories actually where it's illustrated, but basically mm. it is when a culture is operating at peak performance Hmm. you know maximum freedom maximum security maximum abundance and prosperity and opportunity maximum at all levels people are able to specialize Hmm. and do very specific small inch wide mile deep things like you know there's a guy in our town all he does Hmm. is extract wisdom teeth with excellence when they're in a really really difficult position and someone's like that's all he does that's it now, right. if we were in a culture of chaos, we wouldn't have people like that. It's like, you right. know, you get a toothache, 
you, you get your cousin Ed to pull it with pliers in the back shed, you know, like we don't have dentists, right? But when you get a culture that's operating at peak performance and efficiency, you get the specialization. So you've got people on your team. The only thing they do is this very precise, very specific repeating over and over again, getting very good at what they do. So you've optimized the performance of your system by having people in their specific specific specialized role. Instead of you doing it all and just never sleeping, right? And just packing, prepping, shipping, doing it all yourself, you've got people in roles where they've specialized. That is the peak performance operation. Right. I mean, it, it revolutionized, uh, you know, the whole industrial revolution was when we started discovering and, you know, the modern day discovery of the law of specialization. That's what Henry Ford did, the assembly mm-hmm. line, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what, uh, uh, who's the guy that made the uh, revolvers? He went from the guy who made some of the first handheld revolvers. He went from a system where guys would sit down and build an entire gun start to finish mm-hmm. to a system. It was Colt. So I think it was Samuel Colt mm-hmm. to a system where one guy made triggers, another guy made the barrels, another guy made the handles, and another guy did the assembly mm-hmm. at the end. And they were making so many more high quality weapons once he rolled out that system as did ford with his car assembly line making so much better cars so much cheaper than his competitors that that became the standard and it's the law of specialization so you've Mm -hmm. tapped into that at scale very quickly as a beautiful experiment i don't know if i would have been bold enough to do the experiment you did (laughs) like let's hire 35 people and give them each a little job and it becomes so they become really good at that one little job. And what can we do? Well, in eight months, you can scale to the point where you're selling five, six thousand dollars a day and you're managing a system and a team of people. So, the bigger challenges you have, Eric, I've got to assume are people management. Like, if someone gets sick, like the whole process stops. <laughs> we can get that person, right? They're sick. Uh, they're and I know, like in the Philippines, you know, there's there's typhoons you're like what happens in vietnam like what are there any kind of common challenges it's like you know certain seasons or celebrations or this like shuts your whole thing down have you had any challenges like that i do <laughs> but uh it's already passed because um so uh i started the business back in november and then like uh december come around and people already told me Hey, what do you do when uh, New Year come? You know, because like people over there, they kind of like celebrate big New Year. That you take mm-hmm. them like one month, don't mm-hmm. do anything, just celebrate right. New Year. You know, right? I'm like, hmm, do I need to shut down my whole business to celebrate New Year? You know, <laughs> uh, so um, the the way I'm set up my company is I specifically build a culture of excellence at my company. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what I learned from the book, Steve Jobs, and uh, pull your heart into it uh, from Howard School, uh, Starbucks. So I break down my company into 10 different companies, which is 10 steps that I share with you. Yeah. So the people who step up to be the leader at each step going to be the CEO of my small company later on. Mm-hmm. And each person that I'm hiring, I want to make sure they match the value that I'm sharing, which is workaholic. You know, so if you're not workaholic, you're not work with my company. Right. Um, and then we build a culture, we build a company together. So there's no employee at my company. We are leader, you know, and, mm-hmm. and my dream is to bring product to the world. So at my company, when we work at the company, we're not just an Amazon company. Right. We're a company that make an impact to the world. So every day you wake up, your purpose is to make money to help people improve their life. So that's why I try to instill the purpose into my organization. So that people, people right now, I'm and, and that all my employees really, really helpful and really hard worker. They work seven days a week, nonstop like me, within eight months. So that's how we roll really quick. Wow. And um, and the beauty thing about us is we build a system of 35 people so that when one person have problem we have backup mm-hmm. you know so each department i want to have at least two or three people to cover each other so that's something happened and we have the work still running it's like a machine running 24 hours a day <laughs> you know so, so that, that's system. how I, 
you know, that's that's how I try to to build it because I mean, with me, like at the warehouse, it's real tough because salary is real high, you know, and have three people, four people. Oh my God, one people quit, and then like my whole warehouse go to chaos. You know, mm-hmm. it doesn't happen in Vietnam. So like a lot of workload at the warehouse, I try to outsource it back to Vietnam. It's helped a lot. Very good. Well, I, I love the uh, I love the description of the system and and how hardworking everyone you've brought in that you've created a culture of hard work. Let me just just suggest one thing for you to think about. You know, oh, we yeah, mentioned already sure. we mentioned already the um, the law of specialization, which is just you know to me it's the same as the law of gravity. It's, mm-hmm. You don't get to decide how you feel about gravity. Yeah. It's going to be there exactly the same whether you like it or not. Right. Cool, well, yeah. another one of those laws is uh, the law of in Christian circles is called the law of the Sabbath, but mm. it's been proven scientifically, mathematically, many other ways. Okay. Companies that take a day a week off, mm. individuals that take one day per week off, you know, there's a reason a week is seven days. It's set right. up because one of those days is the rest, recover, restore day. Mm. And you can ignore that for a time. You can ignore it for a season, for a significant right. amount of time, actually. But right. eventually, it's going to hit you. And you're going to give all those days you missed back in recovering somehow. You know, I call it a season of intense focused effort. Okay, that's good. But I would suggest you'll go further faster, Mm -hmm. turning everything off one day per week and -hmm. letting everyone just kind of rest and recover and come back invigorated for that day one. Then just something to suggest. No, Uh, no, that's a really good point. I've been thinking about it. Uh, I mean, people does take day off because only the leader who work like that, but the one who supporting the leader, then they they alternate and take day off. Yeah, but so um, so, ideally, so, everyone gets one day per week, and you just you know take it or leave yeah. it. But I've seen it play out over Definitely. and over again. Do you, do you know what the highest performing fast food restaurant is in the United States right now per capita? Uh, no. Nope, the one that makes the most money per restaurant. Chick Fil A. Chick Fil A blows mm. everybody away. They're closed right. every Sunday, <laughs> right? They're never open. Good point. Good point. I mean, <laughs> My so, I mean, there's, there's numerous real world examples of, of how this plays out. I and mean, some people take two days a week off and I'm like, that's unnecessary. One day a week is all you really were designed for. And yeah, but there you go, man. This is a little tip. This is, I'm listening to you to describe your business model and maybe someone else benefits from, from that as well. But just I want you to build something sustainable long term, sure. right? Definitely. Uh, yeah. I want I want to hear your eight-year story. You know, right now we're hearing your eight-month story. Hey, we'll get back to the program in just a second, but I've got to tell you about the great sponsor today, Seller Board. Get over to silentgym.com slash numbers. Spell it out. Silentgym.com slash N-U-M-B-E-R-S numbers. You're gonna see a link to the tool that has become quickly the preferred tool in our community for helping you track your numbers, helping you know which of your ASINs are making a profit and which ones you should walk away from, at least temporarily, because you're not making any money. It can be fairly tricky to know and dial in all the Amazon fees and all the expenses. Well, that's what Sellerboard helps you do, among a whole bunch of other things. It's a great tool that's become a great sponsor of this community. We've helped send a lot of very happy users their way. They've got a great discount for you as well. Get over to silentgym.com slash numbers and check out Sellerboard. You're going to love what these guys are up to. It just keeps getting better and better. And their starting prices are so ridiculously low. It becomes a bit of a no-brainer. Go check it out. That's Sellerboard at silentgym.com slash numbers. Let's get back to the show. Just, I want you to build something sustainable long-term, sure. right? Definitely, uh, yeah. I want, I want to hear your eight-year story. You know, Right now, we're hearing your eight-month story. Uh, so it's super excited. Well, what else do you want to talk about? Uh, what other tips or strategies do you have for the audience or any questions for me? You've certainly, uh, demonstrated a great deal of competence and your business is fantastic, but there's always something we could be working on or, or something else we could learn from you for sure. What else oh, is yeah. on your mind? Oh yeah, for sure. So one thing that I feel like a lot of business owner, like, uh, entrepreneur is missing we focusing too much on cutting expense, you know, uh, with me, like, for example, me, like lately, I'm, I'm doing a lot of things, but so we have a lot of stuff, aging inventory piling at the, at the warehouse. And I pulled the whole team, four people checking the inventory, moving it around and see if we can sell it. It took me three days 
to to do that and mm. three days time four time 150 oh my god that money i can just throw all the inventory away and focusing on 3x my business you know so yes. so so that that's the thing that i feel like you know we focusing on expand too much and we lose the big picture that mm. generate revenue is the most important thing when mm. we first started move on quick and then make yeah. more money instead of try to cut because you can only cut like 20% max or 10% max you cannot cut it all right but yeah. it, you can increase three or four times your revenue easy that's an interesting topic for sure i think a lot of business owners spend way too much time worried about their we call it the death pile it's the stuff we don't know what to do with we bought too much of it or whatever just donate it write it off yeah and reduce it to a number as quickly as you possibly can and move on because you don't factor in the time. It's like, oh, you know what we should do is take two weeks off and inventory everything and have a big yard sale and invite everybody in. Like, and you do the math when you're done. It's like well, we just wasted so much time. Just donate it and write it off. That's the right answer so often. And uh, if you've never done that before, I highly encourage it. That's you know, we we donate quite a bit of the stuff from our warehouse. Yeah, and 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 the that's food totally pantry. Two, it's totally two different approaches, right? So me. I try to get rid of my inventory. I pay salary and that gone, right? But mm-hmm. you use that to donate and you it make you feel good. You know, here yeah. I'm frustrated. Well, it's a tax write-off too. There's tax benefits to making yeah. donations, right? So it's almost like selling it for 20% of what you were hoping to sell it for, but you've gotten rid of it now, right? For sure. <laughs> no matter yeah. how it makes you feel, you've reduced it to a number quickly and it's gone. So yeah, I... We underestimate the importance of speed, the velocity of inventory, right? You want it moving. You want it churning. You want your money turning over. And if it's sitting still and stagnant, rather than figuring out how to make the most money you can out of it, a lot of times, like you just said, Eric, get rid of it super cheap or even just throw it away. Just get it, move on, right? right don't, yeah. don't let it stagnate and slow you down and become Yeah, a, and the more you think about anchor. it, the more you frustrate it and you cannot mm-hmm. think about how to make more money, you know? So that is mm-hmm. like really bad activity. <laughs> One of the mottos around here is, you know, the solution to every challenge you run into is go find more ASINs that are profitable. There that you go. Every Just go find more. When things right. are stalled or stagnant or you're not sure what to do, go find more winning ASINs. That just puts more lifeblood into the system that you're building. So that's the beautiful solution to every challenge. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, you put it much better than me. <laughs> well, it, it, that's what we coach around here all the time. You, you'll hear, you know, Robin Joy and Brian Olson, they do their, uh, the podcast episodes from time to time, and they'll they'll talk about the different students that they're coaching and the solution to every challenge any student ever runs into is always the exact same answer. Go find more winning ASINs. They're everywhere. That solves literally every challenge you might run into. Right. Just just don't buy too much of anything and find more winning ASINs. And this is a beautiful, profitable business model. Yeah, I I feel like a lot of mistakes that people make i still made it because um you know i still knew but um a lot of people they just go really deep you know like when mm-hmm. you first started and you see stuff on sale like 50 percent, 70 percent, you're like oh my god so cheap let me get it all you don't know no one's gonna get it you know by, by 100 units yeah right yeah. and it's great for the first 10 15 20 sales and then someone else has a thousand units and it's cheaper sure. than yours <laughs> you're like yeah. oh no what am i gonna do yeah don't go so deep it, that is the game is the game is won by people who go very shallow into multiple different products we call it inch deep mile wide right, right. that's one of the themes of of that the basic strategy that you're operating under well you mentioned you're going to get into going to get into some bundles eric is that something that's on your radar yeah yeah because um we have like uh 10 VA that's sourcing the product right now mm-hmm. and I divide them into category. So basically we cover pretty much five categories right now and they developing the expertise in each category. So they know, hey, you know, this stuff on sale, but this not so cheap, you know. So we I have eye and ears in the market right now of who's selling bundle and what stuff is moving. 
So with that, then we can just go deep in there and we just gonna um, bundle the stuff that's selling and then we just gonna move on to private label with the bundle. So I yeah. think that makes sense for us to, to start that model. So we, I'm partnering with someone right now who've been doing it for a while. And then one thing that I wanna just, you know, just to share my experience is sometimes when you run a business, it's really hard to let go of control or being vulnerable to ask for help, you know, because like, hey, if I ask for help, like, then they got things that me don't know anything, you know, or, or you know, like, you, you, you just don't want to share your secret sauce with people, right? Your, your secret recipe. But uh, one thing that I learned is, um, you know, like there's a saying called, um, don't afraid of um, losing your recipe because the stuff that people make not going to taste as as better than you because you are the secret ingredient, you know? So it's right. like, wow, it's, it's amazing, you know? Like, oh, that, that fits perfectly into the world of business because um, before I'm like, hey, I know a little bit about this category. I know a little bit about this strategy. I don't teach my team because I'm afraid that people are going to take it for me and have their own company mm-hmm. and just, you know, compete with me, you know? Yeah. And I'm like, Man, like, why I leave this this mentality? You know, like, how I'm gonna build a business, roll the business, it, and worry about scarcity. my people? A scarcity yeah, mindset. Know. Have you heard that term? Scarcity yeah. mindset versus abundance mindset. Yeah, yeah. it yeah. all comes down to how much success you think is available in the world. There you go. And if you think success is available in abundance anybody can have as much of it as they want at any level they want all of us can have tremendous success that's one worldview it's the worldview i have Mm -hmm. and then there's a lot lot of other people who see success as this limited you know only a few people are going to get it if some people get it that means other people can't have it success is this limited pie we call it the cake versus candlelight have you heard that eric Oh, no, this this is the way you put it so beautiful. (laughs) Yeah, cake versus candlelight perspective of success. If success Mm. is like a cake sitting in the middle of the room on a table and we're all around the edge of the room and suddenly someone says, go, we all run in there with our forks and we get as much of that success cake as we can. Well, that's brutal. And a lot of people see the world that way. Success is a cake and only some of us get some and most people are left out. Well, in our community, we have an abundance mindset towards success, which means any of us can have as much as we want. It's like lighting candles. You got a candle that needs lit? Here you go. It didn't hurt my candle at all to light your candle and so forth, right? So you come from an abundance mindset towards success. You've been trained and you've mentored by, and you're surrounded now by a community of people who have that mindset. It completely changes the way you hire and train. If someone wants to be a competitor that I trained, hey, that's great. You know, I've got plenty of people who have come through this community. They've rose up. They've become leaders. They've created content and courses and gone off and they lean and and they're competing with us now. But it's such a huge ocean of opportunity. That's fine. I help them out. I give them advice. I send them clients. That's an abundance mindset. There will always be plenty more opportunity for all of us. Uh, So yeah, I'm glad you brought that topic up because that is vital. It helps you it helps you operate with more freedom as a leader as well when you're not paranoid, wondering mm-hmm. who's going to take an idea from me and who can I trust. No, just bless people, I mean, serve like, well. There's always put, more opportunity. You put it so beautifully, the candle and the cake. And I'm like, I don't think like that deep like you, but I'm just like, oh my God, like I have enough stuff that I need to worry about. And now I need to worry about the one who worked for me. And who to pick among my 35 people, you know? I'm like, oh my God, I'm not going to operate this like this. I'm going to train them to be like me. And then we're going to 35X my company instead of worry what they learn, going to compete with me. Then I don't have any company, you know? So like that's that's why within the first eight months, I'm building SOP for all the positions. Yep. And all the knowledge that I'm learning, I put into that. I don't hide anything from them. And that's what I, they appreciate. And I encourage them to talk to each other, the 10 department. They need to talk and learn and teach other people what they know. So that way, everyone in the loop and everyone know exactly what the issue is. And we all get together and fix the issue. So that is the way I'm building the company, you know, the abundant mindset. I mean, yes, the ocean, the cake, it's just too big. Like, why you want to have everything yourself and how I'm going to 
wrap the cake with all the team, you know? So yeah. like, if it's just my team wrapping the cake, but I mean, that's a thousand team wrapping the cake. So we need to be together and wrapping the cake instead of one person, you know? Yeah. Do you see yourself as a leader, Eric? Yes, you, I do. You are a tremendous um, leader. That's, you know, business you. is a leadership journey. And between the lines of everything you've said today, I just see a confident, positive, energetic leader. And something you said earlier on too, that that was is a great character trait that, you, that you'll want to hold on to as you start to succeed. Never give up that part of you that isn't afraid to ask questions, to look a little silly. I see that happen to so many leaders as they get to the point where they think they're the one that's supposed to know all the answers. So they stop asking questions because they don't want to look incompetent. Right. You've got to be willing to look incompetent to continue to raise in the ranks. So I ask some of the goofiest questions around here. My team has to shake their head sometimes like, really, Jim doesn't know I don't that? Think so, Jim. <laughs> like, you are so smart. <laughs> no, but seriously, there's plenty right. of things that I haven't done it in a few years. And now I, I don't know. I honestly don't remember. Right. Like, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm prepping some packages with our team, which I don't do very often. And I'm putting the labels in the wrong place. I'm like, really? You don't know that? Like how much have we sold online? Like, <laughs> don't be afraid to make mistakes, to be vulnerable because leading, I'm learning this. And I think you'll find this valuable, Eric, is leading isn't about being the most competent person in the room. Right. It's about producing leaders. Right. Right. So that means humility, servant-minded. We're going to do this together. You're producing 35 leaders who are going to lead their portion of the organization as you lead your portion of the organization. The very flat org chart, right? You know, we're all kind of doing this together. You're producing more leaders. That's the measure of a leader. That's why I pointed that out is you're just producing a bunch of people. Some of them may go on to start their own business. That's beautiful. They'll always be good friends. They'll be finding new opportunities. They'll be bringing those opportunities to you. You can partner up and do fun things together. That's the mindset of a leader who sustains over the long yeah, run. Yeah, and and then I feel like you know, like the world right now need more people helping young leader because like me, like when I'm 21, I don't know anything. You know, I mm-hmm. wish I have someone like you teaching me how to do business. You know, and then like. Man, I can save so much time. I'm 37 now. And now I start realize, you know, like, hey, I need to have business instead of work for someone else. You know, there's nothing wrong with work for someone else. But having a legacy for your family, you know, it's, it's just great. And young people, they, they play video game, you know. And I mean, a lot of bad culture, bad vibe. They need someone to help them. And that make America a better place, you know. So that is my dream of inspiring young leaders, inspiring people, help them to continue the journey because I feel like you just want one key, one key away from the door opportunity, you know, and, and one person going to give it to you. You just need to look for it and you will find that person. God going to give it to you, you know. Um, the humility, like, you know, like, I don't know anything, but, um, you know, God gave me the mission. So I try to help. I try to make the purpose bigger than my life and keep going every day. Then that that's what I believe in. Well, you're doing it brilliantly. You've got a beautiful story and you're just getting started. You're only eight months in. I can't emphasize that enough. We have plenty of people who eight months in, they're still trying to decide if they really want to do this or not. Maybe they've sent in a few shipments, but you went for it and you did it at scale and you did it fast and hard and you keep building your team. I love it. I can't say I would do it the same way that you've done it, but man, you're proof that it works. Yeah. And I mean, everyone had a different goal, right? Because absolutely. Yeah. I, I feel I feel like um, you know, one thing I learned is like it it's really resonated with me when my dad had cancer uh last year. You know, I, I was going through life. I'm not really happy. I'm leaving, but I'm not really happy, you know. And I'm like, what I'm missing, you know, I'm missing a purpose. Mm-hmm. And then I, when I find Amazon, I realized the opportunity of outsourcing, providing more jobs for people. I'm like, wow, okay, this is what I'm missing. And then every day I'm just leaving a purpose. And I'm like, hey, you know, like people return my stuff. I have a lot of aging inventory. People quit left and right, you know. It's nothing. It's nothing compared to the journey, the purpose that I'm going to do 
the purpose of helping people to get job, the purpose of yeah. inspiring young people. Yeah. So, so you know, it, it's just nothing. So I'm just move on, and that I feel like entrepreneur need to find a purpose. Why are they doing this? You know. So mm-hmm. if, if the purpose bigger than their life, nothing can stop you. No yeah. obstacle too big. Yeah. Well, a couple of thoughts as you as I just listened to you through that segment, Eric, and I love talking to you, man. You've got such a great energy. Thank you. Uh, how's your dad? Oh, he uh, he getting way better. Um, it, it's just like um, during COVID, they say uh, he needs to go check uh, the colon can- cancer uh, uh-huh. to do um, colonoscopy, and then COVID hit, and we just delayed for a year. I, I that the biggest regret of my life. Uh, I feel like life is just so short. You don't know what's going to happen to you. Mm-hmm. Um, so whatever dream, whatever thing that you really want to do, just do it, you know? Yeah. And yeah. So that lit, a, that, that lit a, a real fire under you. And one of the things I shared at the conference, I'm not sure if you were in there when I shared it or not, but I think it was it was morning two or morning three. I put up that little graphic about how it's impossible to run a profitable business without dramatically improving the lives of countless others. Oh yeah, I was there, yeah. Did you see that? Yes. Sir. Yeah, that's what you are verbalizing, is you're recognizing that. Some people build businesses and they don't recognize that. Right. Especially our culture in the United States has kind of pounded into us that business is evil and profit means yeah. you're a bad person. And how are you yeah. going to give back someday? People, you know? Now that you've succeeded, it's time to give back, like implying you stole something. No, every right. customer along the way it was a voluntary transaction in a free market system. They wanted what I sold them. Their life was better. They wanted Definitely. that product more than they wanted their money. So they're grateful for the transaction, right? Yes. So you're just creating a wave of not only happy customers, but all the suppliers and the delivery personnel and the, the people that invented the components. You know, I, I can hold up this little pin. How many people went into making this pin happen? Oh, yeah. Million. People are involved in making getting this pin from where it was as natural resources buried in the dirt somewhere to on my desk working so I can take notes while I'm talking to my friend Eric, right? Like that's a million lives improved because somebody marketed and sold and I eventually bought or was given as a marketing material that that pin. Like so you run a profitable business, you are dramatically improving the lives of countless other people, most of whom you'll never meet. If you're profitable. That's 100% true 100% of the time. Mm-hmm. It's that you're a self-sustaining machine of just goodness and opportunity and abundance. And, and you're able to recognize that. Some business owners have to, they struggle to recognize that. But it's one of the most virtuous activities you can engage in running a profitable business. And so I think that's where a lot of your energy is coming from, along with that motivation you receive, seeing your dad sick, thinking about the brevity of life. Like, and let's do something big. Let's do something significant. So kudos to you. We need a oh, lot more people that think like you, in my opinion. We need a lot you. more. I mean, I, I feel that like a lot of people already did that. They just they just don't have the thing that hit them, like the life-changing event like happened to my dad. You know, it's just, yeah, I, I don't wish anyone go through that, but uh, I, I just feel like with my personal story, uh, it just gives them that kick, you know, like just do the thing you want, man. Like, what the upside, what the downside, right? Like, mm-hmm. just, just do it, you know? And then one yeah. day you look back, you will, you will be happy that you make that decision. Uh-huh. Absolutely. Yes. You, uh, the Jim Rohn quote is coming to mind right now. I like listening to Jim Rohn and some of the old motivational sales and uh, business guys. And and he talks my about favorite. become a millionaire, he says. Set out to become a millionaire. Aim for it. Not so you can have a million dollars. That's nice. That's a nice side benefit. But so you, you can become the type of person who's capable of having a million dollars. That is a nice goal that you're going to have to change your, your attitude, your health, uh, your connections, your relationships, your motivations. You, everything's going to have to come into alignment in order for you to become that person. So set out for a million dollars and make yourself the sort of person who can have a million. <laughs> That's the real journey. Right. Uh, and uh, because business, again, it's a leadership and self-improvement journey. It's really what it is. Learning to serve well means you've got to take care of yourself and and improve who you are as part of that journey. Well, man, it's it's great hanging out with you. Is there anything else on your list, Eric, today that I, as we start to wrap this one up, I do need to go soon. But uh, is there anything else that you are wanting to get into this episode today or any questions for me or any other tips? 
Yeah, so um, I just want to see like how you run just a massive organization, you know, the way you think, who is who and, and who is the one who influenced in your life the most, you know, because mm-hmm. I always want to know that, like, so that mm-hmm. I can black back upon my life and, you know, and learn from that guy, basically, too, so I can... Mm-hmm. You know, be like Jim. You know, or I don't think I don't know if you want to be like me, but, <laughs> but I, I appreciate the question. And actually, I've, I have a good number of mentors. I believe in the model, and this is another biblical truth: you're always mentoring someone, and you're always being mentored by someone. And if you don't know who those people are, you're missing out on a great deal of what life has to offer. And the leadership journey, again, of business requires that as well. Who are you mentoring? Who are you bringing along behind you? And who is mentoring you? Who are those people who are a little further out ahead of you, right? Hmm. That have been there, done that, and could speak into your life with wisdom. Like the cake versus candlelight illustration I used earlier, that's from my good friend, Rabbi Daniel Lappin, who I talk to on a regular basis. And here's one of his books. I don't have his other, I've got a couple of his books, but he's one of my mentors, Rabbi Daniel Lappin, Thou Shall Prosper is a great book. It talks about nice. biblical principles of money and finance. The Bible says twice as much about money and business and finance as it does about love and prayer. Everyone thinks mm-hmm. it's a book about love and prayer, and it is, but it says twice as much about money and business. <laughs> and so, so many timeless lessons in there that I've applied to my business because your question was, how do you run a large organization? We've got, you know, for those who don't know, we've got about a hundred, over 110 people on our team that I would consider working to serve this community. The people that listen to this podcast, I'm talking about content creators, moderators, coaches, administrators, support staff, right? The the people that run this community. Now, none of them work full-time for me. Or for that organization, with only a couple of exceptions. It's a full-time job for maybe four or five people. For the rest of them, this community resonates with them. They love what the community is all about. Much like the door might be open to you very soon, Eric, you're like, hey, you know, I, I wouldn't mind creating some course or content or stepping into a leadership role and contributing with a few hours of my week to building this community while getting paid well to do so. So that's where our, our leaders come from, is people who Step one, they've succeeded doing the things that we teach here, which tells me a lot about them. That tells me they're on a leadership journey. They're successfully sustaining a profitable business, which means they've got a lot of character. They've got a lot of good connections and relationships. They're working on themselves, improving themselves. Sustaining a profitable business over a long period of time makes you a very safe bet as a human being. It's another timeless biblical principle, actually. So if all I know about you is you sustained a profitable business over a significant period of time, I'm willing to work with you on a project. I know that there's a lot of good things going on there. Not that there aren't any, you know, you'll meet the occasional crook who succeeded, but typically they crash and burn eventually. That's why I say succeed over a significant period of time, right? So you've got someone with relationships and connections and integrity. They've done those things. If you have a chance to work with and partner up with and, and build things with those kinds of people, that's a very strong organization. So our coaching team, for example, the 60 coaches on our team, they've all demonstrated their ability to sustain profitability over an extended period of time. I know who I'm working with now. Yeah. We have a few conversations. We make sure our worldviews align enough to know that, hey, we're serious about serving this community with excellence and they have a teacher's heart. We plug them in, off we go. So I may have only had an hour or two worth of time interacting with some of the best coaches on our team. Yeah, We've I mean, been... it's amazing how you find those people. I went to the conference, man, like all the people are so knowledgeable, amazing. And they all work with Jim, you know, like, wow, Jim is it's, great. It's one of the principles I learned from Rabbi Daniel Lappin, who pulls his principles from the Bible, is if the only thing I know about you, I can't emphasize this enough, this is a great life principle. And actually, Robert Kiyosaki talks about it a little bit in his Rich Dad, Poor Dad books. He says, if you were dropped into the middle of a town and you knew nobody, And you were only going to get a chance to talk to a handful of people and hopefully find someone who would truly help you and care for you and give you good advice. Where should you go? What part of town? Where would you want to go? He said, you'd want to go to the nicest part of town where the nicest houses are. Because those are the people who have built businesses. They've sustained wealth over a significant period of time, which can only be done in one of two ways by totally stealing it from people and being a total dirtbag criminal, which is one, and there's not many of those people out there, or two, 
they've built a beautiful business or been associated with a beautiful, successful business, which means they know how to serve. They've, these are people with big hearts. These are people typically of extreme generosity. You, those are the people you want to meet. So that principle, I took it to heart and I said, okay, I want to build an organization of people who have proven their ability to run a profitable business over a significant period of time. That's the kind of people I'm going to work with. It's not going to be the people I like or the people I interviewed. And yeah, we kind of resonated with each other. You know, that's great. And I can appreciate that. But the safer bet is someone who's built and sustained a profitable business over a significant period of time, because that tells me that their health, their relationships, their ability to serve others, their character, the kind of person they are, the drive they have. I know so much about that person. I don't care what the business is. If they've run profitable business, they're the one in charge of meeting payroll for a profitable business over an extended period of time. That person is amazing. And if you get a chance to work with them and build something with them, do it. And so my whole organization is built on that. It's a great question you asked me, Eric, and it's a it's a topic of passion for me as well. But I just see it as I've found some of the most incredible people who believe, at least 80 to 90% believe in exactly what I do as far as how to serve this community with excellence. So yeah, come on, man. You build a beautiful business. You see the vision. Let's go. Let's build it. And maybe it's for a season of time. Maybe it's for, in some cases, 20 years. We've got people on our team who've been here 20 years now. Wow. Um, But yeah, that's our whole organization is built around that principle. And very much as well, Eric, the advice I would give you too is you want to build an organization that's built around the eat what you kill principle. There's Mm -hmm. nobody who just kind of shows up and waits for work to land on their desk because no, everybody's out there looking for opportunities to build, to serve, to grow, to be more profitable. You eat what you kill, meaning Mm -hmm. if you're not in there hitting it and grinding, there's nothing for you. You, you, right. No one's on the payroll where they just get the same check every week. All right. No one. Mm. You show up, you work, you get paid for that work. Even our coaches, mm. they, say they have a coaching student. They get paid for coaching sessions. They don't get paid for a student. Mm. They get paid for sessions, coached. Mm. Big difference, right? Because now they've got an incentive and it's built into our system where, yeah, they, they're going to be talking to their students because that's how they get paid, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? It's not one check we cut at the beginning of the relationship. Oh, uh, and mm-hmm. another biblical principle, by the way, you get paid for work completed. Mm, cool. That's how businesses should operate. Awesome. Yeah, I, I think that's one of the things that I'm still uh, trying to build with my company to give people incentive to measure the performance. If you excel, then we're going to give you more uh, ownership. Uh, yeah. Ownership of the give company. them ownership. Give them ways to feel like they own the process and they are rewarded for their contribution. Correct. Where they feel it, if they slack off their pay drops. If they hit it hard, their pay goes up, and they mm-hmm. can associate the payment they're receiving with the amount of effort they're putting in. That's the perfect arrangement. Mm, cool. Yeah. Wow. So as your business grows, yeah. You share the profits, you share, you share the pain, you share the profits. That's the team, man. That's the perfect team. Mm, awesome. Yeah. Great question, man. I love this kind of stuff. Yeah. Well, thank you for all the wisdom, man. I wish uh, we can talk more and then I like, can learn more from you. It's just so many things that I want to know more. <laughs> well, let's do it, man. Get on my calendar again. We don't have to record a podcast every time. You're an emerging leader. And again, like I said earlier, and I, I mean every word of it, the way to measure a leader is the number of leaders they produce. And another way to measure a leader is what remains after that leader is gone. You know, one of the, I call myself silent Jim. Sometimes people like, you know, what, why, why do you say silent? Well, one of the reasons there's about 30 reasons. I won't go into all of them. One of the reasons is it one, one day my voice will be silent. Mm. I don't get to choose when that is. No, a lot of people will be sad. (laughs) Yeah. There'll be a handful of people who will be sad at that point. You know, I'll be gone at some day and we all will. Right. Yeah. But the true measure of my leadership will be what remains a year, two years, five years after I'm gone. Who's still saying, yeah, I remember that lesson I learned from, you know, not so much about being about me, but the lessons, have they been passed down? You know, mentioned the legacy earlier. What are you pouring into others? Those things will remain. One Mm. day I'll be silent, but will my impact continue? Not so that I can be recalled, but as a Christian, to me, I want it all to reflect back to Christ, right? Like people forget who I am. That's fine. I don't care. But they remember like, man, that guy, he led me closer into 
the kind of person that I wanted to be, the lessons I learned, the things he said, that he pushed me closer to God. He pushed me closer to my spouse. I have a better relationship with my kids. My business thrived. You know, if you can have that kind of impact, even after your voice has gone permanently silent, man, that's a great way to live your life. It's an other-oriented way to live your life is ultimately what it is. And you've got a whole lot of other-oriented thinking just naturally inside of you, Eric, and I love it. thank you. Thank you. You're so kind. (laughs) I I love it. I'm excited to thought of to get to work with you some more in the future, and uh, I, I can't wait to see where that takes us. But I do need to wrap this up, man. We're out of time now. You got me talking about business models. I could go all day, but... (laughs) I understand. (laughs) It was tremendous. Well, let me just talk to the listeners for just a moment, okay? And those who joined us on this episode, thanks for hanging out with Eric and I today. Hope you had a great time. I'm sure you got some good golden nuggets from Eric's wisdom and experience. And man, what a challenge. It challenged me to, to see what he's done in just eight short months. If you're ready to jump into a community full of people who think like this, who are building these kind of things, we've got a free Facebook group at silentgym.com. Jump in there, check it out. If you want to hear hundreds more interviews like this with successful students from our community, those episodes are at the same place, silentgym.com. Jump over there, check it out. We'd love to have you be a part of what we're building here and join our community. So on behalf of the team that puts these things together, thanks for joining us today. And hey, Eric, one more time, buddy. Great job. Thank you, my friend. Thank you for having me. Uh, thank you for everyone. We will we'll talk again to you, Eric, soon. And to all the listeners, the Business Building Warriors, God bless you. We're in your corner. I'll have another great episode for you very soon. Thanks for joining us. Hey, one last thing before I let you go today. A little reminder, today's sponsor was Seller Board. They are a tremendous partner of this community. They've been supporting hundreds of users who listen to this show who are thrilled with the service they're providing from a simple tool that helps you know if you're profitable or not in your Amazon business, which of your ASINs are winning, making you money, which ones are losing, costing you some money that need to be cut out. It would be so helpful to know, wouldn't it? Well, that's what Sellerboard does. It's very simple to set up, low costs to get started. They've got a special offer for our community and you can check it out at silentgym.com slash numbers. Go check them out. Thanks, Solar Board. Hey, we'll have another great episode for you very soon. Thank you for listening to Silent Sales Machine Radio. Visit silentgym.com for a link to our free newsletter, our free Facebook group, and all of our resources mentioned on today's show.